Hi, Ace here. Before we start, I just want to tell you that we recorded this episode pre-COVID-19. So our sentiments might be different now to when we sat down and had this conversation. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hi everyone, today I'm here with Jesse. And where do you come from, Jesse? All right. So I originally come from Indonesia, but I've been living here in Germany for more than eight years, I'd say. More than eight years? Yep. Wow, that's, that's a yeah, long time. I came here um, in the year of 2011. So yeah, now it's like nine years. Nine years, Whoa, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it just uh, became 2020. No. Oh yeah, 2020. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I kind of I forgot. Like, <laughs> that's I was right. like, wait, I'm pretty sure it was 2020. <laughs> that's true, that's true. So yeah, why why did you decide to come here to Germany? Oh, um, it's a very long story. Um, do you expect a long answer or a short answer? Whatever answer you have is the best answer. For okay, me. okay. So the broad answer is that I was a very curious young girl and I just wanted to explore the world and I wanted to find myself and also you know thought that maybe there was something else or something new outside what's happening what was happening in my country okay that's very interesting so was it not um were you not happy with the situation in Indonesia or why do you think you wanted to explore another? I think I was very bored in my life. Um, I felt like I felt indifferent in the, uh, at that time in Indonesia when I was very young. I felt like there was something more in life, but I didn't know what. what. And so I decided to myself that I had to go to explore. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think we are very fortunate today that people like us, we are, or young people, we, we maybe we are a bit, uh, we're, we have this adventurous spirit and we think that uh, the world is, at least this is what I always thought, that the world is much bigger than just a country you grew up in. Mm. So, and we're really fortunate today that we have the opportunity to travel to other countries and make... I agree make a new life here yeah exactly so yeah and how about you Ace? like um when was the first time that you um went out from your country oh the first time i, can, I can't really remember exactly the first time because we used to travel a lot with my family uh, and our cousins so my mom and uh, her sister's family so we traveled a lot when we were younger. Mm. Uh, the first time I traveled by myself, though, was uh, this. This could be a very long story, but I'm trying to. I'm gonna try and keep it short. Um, basically, I went abroad with a with a guy from uh, secondary school. Yeah, it, like it's for U.S. Li listeners. Secondary school is like high school in mm. the U.S. Mm. And uh, it was the second year and I went with a guy who the previous year he had went to uh, Canada to study there for a year. So he was retaking mm -hmm. the second year and we were going there to see, uh, yeah, to, to go to the place where he used to live. And yeah, and which, which uh, city was it exactly? Uh, it's called Victoriaville. It's in Quebec, the region of Quebec in Canada. So the French mm, speaking the French one. Region. Yeah, interesting. Oh, I don't know if I should tell like the whole story, but. Uh, but I'm, I'm very uh, interesting. Is that why? Why did you decide to go there to Canada? Like, what intrigued you to take that decision? Oh, this is a very cliche answer, I guess. But um, if I'm honest, there was a girl. Okay. <laughs> there, there was a girl involved. Um, so I guess I need to take this a bit um, to give some context. So this guy who went, uh, who I went there with, he had, he had a girlfriend, 
uh, and there was this party back in Sweden and she was visiting him and uh, since earlier and kind of since yeah since I was even younger I've been interested in international people and speaking English so I met her at this party and I was like oh she speaks English this is very interesting I'm I want to speak with her a lot uh, and afterwards we kind of exchanged contact details to what back then was the main uh messaging app uh msn messenger uh, i remember do, do that remember? yeah yeah <laughs> yahoo messenger msn um what else was that oh friends something with friends friends i'm not sure like make space some... uh make space my space yeah, yeah. oh yeah Friendster. Oh, God. this yeah this was a long time ago um yeah but it was very fun so we started talking afterwards um after she went back to canada we kept in touch and we talked a lot and basically she told me to uh, to come visit because her by that time they had broken up so she said like oh my ex is gonna come or so you should you should join him so then we can meet up and i i thought to myself yeah why why not let's let's do it i want to this is a very interesting twist right <laughs> right like okay my ex is coming back do you want to come with my ex <laughs> like okay very funny yeah it was uh, it was very interesting and um it was kind of a in a way it was a defining like trip as well cuz in the beginning i was feeling oh is this was this the right thing to do because they were all like speaking in french and mm. i don't speak french mm. i i know very little french like mm. now i know a bit french but i wouldn't say i speak it but anyway i yeah i didn't really speak it and they were talking in french a lot and i thought it was a bit annoying because i felt yeah. left out but but mainly it was a really cool thing and uh now i'm i haven't talked to her for years now but i'm still in touch with the with the guy and we're uh, he's one of my closest friends since then so it was a was a very cool experience yeah yeah very interesting do you have any stories like that Um, like an ex of another person. Uh, <laughs> yes, do you have? Have you visited any exes of your friends? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I guess um, most of the story of my life is just it's just um, I, I think since I was very young, um, I've been a very independent thinker, and I always go for something that my intuition tells me, although. Sometimes at that time I didn't really understand what it was, but I just went um, with this inner voice, and I never did something out of, you know, somebody else. I would say, but yeah, maybe someday, <laughs> maybe I don't know. But um, <clears throat> my first experience um to go abroad is that yeah, I left Indonesia for Germany. Um, because uh, first of all, I had also some goals to be able to study here before, and at that time, actually, it was pretty. It seemed very impossible, you know, because like I grew up in a very standard family, so I wouldn't say that my family was kind of wealthy or something, but we were okay, you know. And my parents they don't speak English; they have no idea about international um, stuffs. Mm-hmm. But I was a curious person, and I just wanted to go. At first, of course, like my mom didn't want me to go because uh, she had this opinion that why would you want to go? You're a girl, and oh, a girl should just yeah. stay at home, and you know you'll be a wife anyway someday, and you'll be taking care of the household and. Yeah. Yeah. So, like a more traditional view. Yes. Yes. Like more conventional, conventional, convert conservative. Yeah. Yeah. But so, how come Germany in particular is like Germany a very famous 
country in <laughs> Indonesia or because th there are a lot of countries in Europe or like outside Indonesia. I know, right? Yeah. Maybe if I tell you the answer, gonna... I'm not proud of the answer, but actually I always wanted to go to English speaking countries like the UK or, or uh, the US. But it was too expensive for me to study there, so I couldn't afford it. And um, so I was uh, looking at Google, okay, which is the cheapest country to study? <laughs> and it ended up in Germany or Austria. Really? Oh, yes. it's, it's the cheapest to study in. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was not like you wanted to have like a bratwurst or anything. The, <laughs> no. the, like pretzel. Like, I want pretzel. <laughs> I want to go to Germany. That's why. No. I want no. to be uh, one of these, um, what's it called? The ones who work at uh, Oktoberfest who carries... <laughs> the waiters. Oh, yeah, the waiters <laughs> who carries all these uh, masses of beer. No, no, actually, I didn't know what I wanted to be um, exactly. But I just went through. Like, it was really crazy because I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I just decided to go and just go with the flow. I was 18 at that time. But yeah, anyway, um, shall we go into some deeper questions? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's get into the first topic of today. We have quite a lot of topics we could speak about. I feel like I could speak to you for a long time, but let's start with the first one. What's your biggest fear in life? Whoa, what's my biggest fear in life? I think um, the thing that comes across my mind at the moment is that I used to have a very big fear. Maybe from, yeah, now and then also still. I have a big fear about what other people think about me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like in a bad way, I guess, or... Um, you feel like people are going to judge you? Or... Yeah, yeah. So more about the judgment of other people. Like I used to be very paranoid about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I became a very perfectionistic person and I always expected myself to be perfect at, at everything. And of course, um, it took a toll on me and I felt so burdened about my own expectation. And... Um, yeah, so so I used to have this fear, and but so so how did it manifest? Did it make you not want to say what you were actually thinking, things like this, or how how did it manifest? Yeah, I think in the past years it affected, it manifested as a me being people pleaser. Mm -hmm. You know, so I wanted to be perceived as a good person. But what does it mean to be a good person anyway? Um, but yeah, at that time, I became a very, um, the ultimate people pleaser. <laughs> so I would deny what I really wanted just to make somebody else happy. I would sacrifice my values or my dreams even and sacrifice myself just to be perceived as a good person. And of course, um, then it ruined my life somehow, because then I didn't have this strong compass about where I want to go. Yeah. Yeah, because the truth is that you cannot make everyone happy, right? Yeah, you, you'll never be able to make anyone happy. Yeah. Uh, or everyone happy, not anyone. Hopefully you'll be able to make someone happy, but not everyone. I can totally relate to what you're saying. Um, yeah. Being a people pleaser, I think it's a bit ingrained in like Swedish culture to please people. Mm -hmm. But I also had it uh, for myself, but probably in a different way. Because for me, it was a lot about being cool when I was growing up. Mm, I can so relate. yeah, I was yeah. hanging out with the cool kids and then I needed to behave like the cool kids. Yeah. I needed to be like the cool kids. I needed to please them all the time. And uh, it was very much about, um, what's it called? Group, uh, group pressure or... Like social pressure, right? Yeah, yeah. Social pressure, like 
people would do stuff and then it would be my turn and I had to do it because everyone else was doing yeah, it because I, I needed to feel cool. And if someone had an opinion, I would say that, oh, I feel the same way, even though I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very interesting. I think um, it happens a lot to almost everyone. I yeah, guess. I think so. For yeah. sure. But so how, how did you like work on it or how did you make Make it less of a thing, yeah, a I th- burden. Yeah. <laughs> I think it took me a long time to, to you know, um, stay on my ground and not to sacrifice um, my value just to please somebody else. Um, I think it comes with uh, more self awareness and self understanding about what you really want, about who you are. You know, this very strong um, boundaries. And also a positive self-concept, like a positive sense of self, if, if that makes sense mm-hmm. for you. Like to really know who you are. I mean, you don't have to know who you are in a very deep existential um, point of view. But I mean, like, what is it that make you happy? Not what is it that would make the other person happy? You know? Ah, uh, so you mean like thinking what makes me happy instead of what makes the other person happy and not and say what or yeah kind of like that but it was very hard for me because i grew up in a culture where we need to be nice Mm -hmm. to everybody you know if you do not like um food that somebody cooked for you and you are asked do you like it? And you will put a smile. Uh, yes, I like it, although you do not. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, yeah, stuff like that, uh, little things like that. Or that um, I had to ask my teacher whenever I wanted to go to the toilet. Oh, can I? May I go to the toilet? You know, like everything was with permission of others. From someone else. Yeah, so, from yeah. someone else, so to say. And so it, it took me a really, really long time to know what's my deepest desire, actually. Like, of course, I knew, I realized that I had this kind of, you know, I wanted to find my purpose because I needed this sense of purpose in my life. But um, I didn't know what, and I didn't know what was it exactly. But um, back... Again, it comes to uh, self-exploration and self-understanding. And also, you know, asking your question, what is it that makes you happy? Not in a superficial way, Mm -hmm. but in a long term and also in a healthy way. Yeah. And and do you think you've, have you found that now? I think now gradually, yes. But then again, I think life is about um, self or personal development and you will discover yourself again and again you know every day because you will grow you will not become stagnant in life because if you do not grow you will die inside this is my insight um, Mm -hmm. about this so maybe one day you will find something new about yourself maybe something that make you happy right now wouldn't make you happy in some point in life later yeah yeah, I think that's very interesting because lately this is something that I've been thinking about or like struggling with in a way. What I'm doing right now is kind of what I set out to to do when I uh, was younger, when I thought about what do I want to do when I'm older or what do what is my purpose in life or what do I want to do? And then I thought to myself, I... I want to live abroad. I want to have a cool job. I want to have a, my own apartment and I have want to have all these gadgets. I was very into, or in a way I'm still am into all these like tech stuff. Um, but now I'm here. Now I reached that goal and I'm like, okay. what am I supposed to do now? Okay. But I think that's what you say as well, that we do have these things that we think about. This is what I want to do, but these things change and I need to just figure out uh, what the next thing mm-hmm. is going to be. Yeah, I agree. So um, how about you? Um, yeah, I'm also curious about what's your biggest fear in life. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question because I, I'm very, I'm, I'm an optimist and I'm very naive and I always try to think, think positive thoughts. And obviously fear is something very negative. It's not positive. So I actually haven't thought this much about what my biggest fear is but i think one fear uh, would be okay so i think one fear would be to not having lived life and doing the things that i want to do hmm. i think that's that's probably my biggest fear and also it makes it very difficult because sometimes, or like right now, I don't know what it is I want to do. So right now I feel that I really want to continue living right now because otherwise, no, also in another way, I, I don't fear it because I do feel that I did live up to the things I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, I, I just hope that I can always feel that uh, until the when the day comes that I always lived the life that I that I wanted to live and not uh, someone else or what you should do or mm. something like this. So yeah, to always to as we talked about before, to not be a people pleaser, to and instead to always be true to yourself. Yeah, yeah, and um, how it how um, I mean like. Has this fear manifested in your life like once and affected your life negatively? Like maybe like, you know, um, being indecisive, indecisive, oh, sorry, indecisive, yeah, indecisive about something probably or something else or being committed to something. <laughs> oh, well, what, where does this come from? <laughs> committed to something. Uh, I'm very committed to everything I do. Uh, <laughs> that's true and that's not true and yeah actually oh now now this committed thing got me <laughs> thrown off wait what did you say first <laughs> like um, whether this fear has manifested um negatively in your life like for example making you um not so decisive about something or to commit or uh, on something yeah, so I think it, it, it has been this, um, again, like being true to yourself. And for example, I chose just because I was or I wanted to be one of these cool kids. I made a lot of choices because of other people. So, for example, I chose where to go uh, in my secondary school because uh, or what to study because of what my friends were going to study. And I didn't think... Uh, about what I actually wanted to do. And um, again, also what we talked about before with this, um, yeah, being a people pleaser, I kind of realized that, uh, yeah, now I'm not being true to myself. So I am really displeased with who I am as a person right now and why I'm letting other people dictate my feelings and my life. So that's when I decided to to change these things mm, okay okay cool and so um does it mean that you did overcome this fear yeah or? yeah in a way i think i have overcome this fear but it's still again now i it's kind of again like i said it's creeping up on me again once in a while maybe huh? once in a while you mean yeah exactly because I also always thought, um, so I'm, I'm adopted from the Philippines and I, uh, was, uh, 13 months when I came to Sweden and uh, to my, to my family. And I kind of always thought that I have gotten a chance that, um, many kids don't get um so i kind of 
always felt that I needed to do something with my life. I needed to do something important to to kind of make it worthwhile that I got this chance that so many others didn't get. So I I needed to do these things or needed to do something. And I kind of, I had this pressure that, uh, or felt this pressure that, okay, I have an <laughs> obligation to to the world and to everyone who didn't get this chance to to do something with my life. Oh. And and that's kind of why I had this. So I need to at least be true to myself and not listen to everyone else because then I'm wasting this opportunity that that I I've see. been given. I see. I see. By the way, I pick up on something really interesting. Um, you say that fear is, at least you perceive it as something that is negative. Right, mm -hmm. because you're a, a an optimist person, you say it, and naive and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you think that fear is really negative, or do you think that it can also show us something about ourselves? I mean, um, I mean, it, of course, it is. Um, fear can be good as well, at least in a way that it pushes us outside our comfort zones because I think that's also very important to to try and do stuff that you're uh, a little bit afraid of maybe not to do things that you're like deadly afraid of that you're like oh I would pass out if I would do this <laughs> or because uh, for example one time uh, also when I went to Canada we went rafting and yeah. and Another, I mean, this is like a standard fear, I guess, but also like the the way I don't want to die is by drowning. And, you know, by going in this boat uh, down these, uh, I, I don't remember what it's called now, but this, there's like waterfalls and stuff. And yeah. it's really easy that you fall out the boat. And <laughs> I got really, yeah, I was so scared like oh. the whole time because I was like, oh, I might die any second. and. Oh, so, so you had accident at that time? No, no, no. I did, there wasn't any accident, but I felt like oh, I was okay. dying yes, yes, all yes. the time. And that kind of fear, I don't know if that's good because I don't know if I learned anything from that. But, um, for example, fear of um, speaking to uh, to people I don't know. Um, mm. I had a bit uh, like that when I was younger, but... Uh, then I overcome that fear and now I love speaking to people. So yeah, it kind yeah. of, it can be helpful in that way, I guess, if if that's what you meant. Um, yeah, 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 very interesting. I think uh, in my point of view is that fear is very necessary in our life because like, for example, if you see a lion at the moment, you know, like, you we, have to, yeah, yeah, we yeah, have we to feel fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if not, then, uh, yeah. So I think it's very good to feel fear to protect ourselves and it tells us to, you know, to to do something like flight, a flight or no, no, no. You mean fight or flight? Yeah, fight yeah. or flight. Um, but we need to realize whether this fear is real or not. And it's very okay to feel fear here and there because we are human. We do have fear sometimes. But um, if it hinder us from something that we really want then maybe we want to check this out you know what is it this fear about and ask ourselves um what could be the worst thing you know that could happen if we did the thing that we do really want for me i would ask myself okay this is my fear and this is something that i want i know i have this fear what is it about and then after I observe and I know that this fear is not real, I mean, this fear is true, but it is not real. Then I would ask myself, okay, Jesse, do you want to follow this fear or you follow something that you really love? So usually it works. And I ask myself, okay, what could be the worst if I follow this thing that I do really love? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's important to not be... Um, to not be chained by your fear or be controlled by your fears because then uh, mm -hmm. exactly. uh yeah then then you you don't 
again, <laughs> you don't live uh, a life true to yourself yeah. if you don't uh, dare doing things. But but I also know that it is it is very difficult sometimes to yeah. to not do that. I would like to share a personal story. So when I was very little, I had social anxiety, <laughs> like <laughs> terrible, very terrible. I always cried whenever I went to the kindergarten or the school and I couldn't speak in front of um, other children. I would get very nervous and my palm would be full of sweat. And I thought that I couldn't speak, you know, I just thought that I was not able to speak. And for a long time, I did believe that I couldn't speak. But somehow in my senior high school, there was a very um, interesting subject that I really did love, and it was English. I mean, yeah, in elementary school, we also had English, but I was not very interested somehow. But then my interest grew. And there was a competition of uh, this debate competition in English, and I joined that competition, and somehow I could speak in front of a lot of people. Although I had so much fear, you know, this social um, anxiety and and being so afraid of what other people think about us. But somehow when we follow something that we really love, that we're really interested in, somehow your fear will just go away and you will realize that, oh, man, I can do it, actually. <laughs> and somehow this fear will just be... Oof, like go. Yeah. 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 That's that's really the best feeling when you're able to to conquer your fears. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, you say that you are a social media manager, you say. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Um how do you feel to be a social media manager? I mean, like for me personally, being on social media for a lot of time would overwhelm me. And and sometimes I would come compare myself with other people. I mean, like subconsciously, you know, mm -hmm. and somehow it can also make me feel bad. Um, but then after that, I would just um, deactivated my social media, you know, take a break from that and just be with myself again and get centered and grounded and what do you feel about being a social media manager so this is a yeah this is a obviously very interesting topic for me um and uh, now i hope my uh, my employers doesn't listen but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i have actually Just keep it low-key <laughs> yeah <laughs> actually lately i've been kind of disillusioned with this uh with social media because um, like I, I do still think it's a, it's a good thing in a way, but I also realize that there are a lot of things that are bad about it, especially this, uh, uh, maybe now I have a, too much of a, like a business perspective on it, but all these, mm -hmm. like, uh, the ads, uh, we make and how we target people and how we try to get them to buy, buy, buy things, yeah. uh, all the time, I think. This part, um, I've started to realize that I'm kind of, I don't agree with that as much as I did before, because now I, I kind of come to realize that there are way more important things in the world than just um, to to sell if you're a company or like if you're working, it's not that important to just sell, sell, sell. There's way more important things in life. And uh, it kind of, sometimes it makes me, uh, when we try to come up with a campaign and it is, oh, how do we get to, how do we get people to, to see this? How do we, how can we sell this thing? And I kind of feel, oh, but we're not really doing anything good we're just making people buy this thing and uh yeah we can see where people are where they live and everything so like in in that um in that way i don't think uh i don't think it's um, very good um so like there is also a slight sense of guilt yeah in a way <laughs> I, I guess i could say because the way i see it i i i always 
saw it as something positive because I'm obviously now since I have this podcast, I I do like media and things. Um, So I always saw social media as a very good thing because it made it possible for people like me to create things and uh, put it up somewhere so that people could see it so that it wasn't just for me. But uh, I also realized this thing with um, chasing likes and chase, chasing views and things. Mm. Uh, and obviously I felt that sometimes as well that, oh, I didn't get enough likes. And this is also something that I think is very, uh, especially for younger kids, that maybe they post something and they don't get enough likes and then they remove it. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this is also, it, it's very toxic and but yes. but now they're gonna they're trying to change these things by like by removing the likes but um so hopefully it can it can get better but i think it's like it has to go back into this uh thing that you obviously with social media it is really difficult but i think at least for me i always think why do I want to post this or why do I post this? Mm. And I think it definitely, it's very bad if you think, oh, I post this because I want people to, uh, to, to get this validation. Yes. yes. Um, I I think, yeah, I think, I think this is, this is very bad. I'm just going to say another thing because yeah, I I could talk about this forever, but, (laughs) um, but for example, uh, lately I, uh, or, just a few weeks ago, I I reviewed the last 10 years, uh, my last decade, mm. and I wrote a lot of things um, that happened in my life and it was very personal to me. Mm. And I think this... I didn't write this for for people to, to see and uh, because I wasn't... I didn't feel like, <laughs> okay, you have to see this, but I felt it more... Uh, and this is why I post most of the things is because I have people in my life who, for example, my family and a lot of my friends as well, they are not physically close to me. And unfortunately for many reasons, I am not in contact with everyone, uh, on a daily basis. So for me to post the things I'm posting, it becomes a way to to let them know what I'm doing and what I'm up to in life. And for example, I, I have some other friends that, um, I would love to see what they are doing, but they never post. And I mean, in a way I, maybe then I should probably like call them, but you know, like today it's, it's, it's calling someone, you take up someone's time and it's difficult. And also it is difficult to, to talk to people all the time. Uh, but so, yeah, I, I think um, social media, it can be used for good things, but um, it's it can also be uh, used for, for bad things. And it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting um, opinion. Um, yeah, I think everything has two sides, um, negative and positive, right? I mean, like, um, for me, social media is is a very good way for introverts, for example, like me, to mm-hmm. to work from home and to make your own business and stuff like that, and create your own financial freedom without going out from your house yeah. <laughs> or interacting really with people. <laughs> yeah. But um, it could be also very toxic, though. For example, like um, the past weeks, I. I uh, posted some of my videos singing with my ukulele on on my Instagram. And then somehow I realized that some people unfollowed me after. And I was like, yeah, I was like, man, like, are you like, no, you're really good. (laughs) Why? Yeah. And of course it it affected um, me uh, a little bit. And then I questioned myself, like, did I upload it? upload my videos because I wanted some validation, whether I wanted to be liked, whether I want to create a persona, you know, on mm-hmm. my profile, or it's about, it's just because I love to sing and just want to connect with other mus- musicians. 
for example. So um, yeah, I decided to take a break from social media to find out and to just uh, be feeling more peaceful, I would say, because it could also be overwhelming sometimes to see everything about what your friends are doing as well and some people are following you and <laughs> like you know um but yeah i guess um yeah you need to understand why why you are doing why you are posting stuff and also something about social media is that it it creates a lot of illusions you know like people only upload it um people only upload things that well, I mean, where they look happy in their life. They want to mm-hmm. show that they are doing good in their life. And um, it's just illusion because life doesn't always, um, is not always good, you know. Yeah, we're not happy all the time. Yeah, and also this um, body, I don't know how to say it, like, we girls maybe maybe girls tend to post also um, very good figure um, body figure and stuff and it's not place for let's say disabled people for example Mm -hmm. so it's it's all about perfection in instagram or social media i'd say but of course it depends on on the user how would you want to use it and to create the most of it you know as long as it doesn't affect you negatively i think you need to be mindful how to use social media yeah yeah for sure because i wholeheartedly agree with you with this uh that you definitely you need to be aware of what you're following and what you're seeing and how you're being affected by it and that is also again one of the things that i don't like about it because I mean, I'm saying young people now. I, I, I'm sure that there are young people who are aware of what they're doing and who are very bright-minded and everything. That's not what I'm saying. But I, I also think that there are some people that uh, they use it and they don't really think about it and they get very affected by, as you say, by these images of these uh, beautiful Instagram models and yeah. they feel like this is what I have to look like or these are the things that I need to post because uh, mm. then I will also become popular or yeah, I will become famous. I would impress famous. other friends or people. Yeah, exactly. It was um, a little over a year ago, I was working as a substitute teacher in primary school. And uh, yeah, I have a YouTube channel and I <laughs> I told some of the kids that I have it and they were saying, oh, that's so cool. I want to be a YouTuber when I grow up uh, as well. Yeah. And uh, I want to be popular and things. And then I asked them, but why do you want to do that? And mm. what do you want to do? Oh, no, I don't know. I just want to be famous or things like this and obviously they they don't really ever reflect about why they want to or because uh, yeah. they just see that it's uh as you say it's just all these positive things and it's just this uh, uh this illusion of it being such a great thing because mm-hmm. um, obviously like all the big influencers uh, it's not something that you just uh, or uh, unless you're uh, already famous from somewhere else it's not something you maybe just stumble upon i think there is a lot of work behind it as well and uh, they do need to be commended for that as well the all the work they do put into it but again what comes out of it uh, it can be uh, yeah. it can be questionable yeah yeah very interesting and it's something also comes in my mind at the moment yeah. <laughs> um about the online dating online dating yes yes because like nowadays it's all everything is online right yeah um what's your opinion about tinder like um do you think um one can find something real on tinder um since i'm since i said before (laughs) since i'm an optimist i do believe that uh anyone can find anything anywhere uh Love is everywhere. No, but <laughs> you can find love anywhere. 
Yeah. You can quote me on that. Uh, that's that's the truth. No, but um, I mean, Tinder, I think, obviously, it's a very visually driven. It's very outside focused. Because yeah. you swipe on a person, so it's very much the what you see and what you're interested in. So it's not very much about who that person actually is. Mm. But then again, maybe that's just the essence of social media. Like you see a person and that's not really who the person is. Yeah. But, you know? but again, I mean, like, for example, if you are in a party, for example, and you find somebody attractive and you choose to say hi to this person, isn't it also the same? Yeah, that's that's also <laughs> why I kind of I discussed this with another friend and because we were at a party and she said, oh, but why do you only speak to the pretty girls? And I'm like, oh, but it's because, uh, okay. The biological. Yeah. And it's because these are Force. the ones I, I noticed, you know, I, I kind of feel bad because no, but you know, that that's kind of what it's like. Um, I think, as you say, it, it does reflect uh, how we behave in a way in real life as well. But I think it makes it difficult for for some people who are maybe not uh, so good looking, for example, and it kind of eschews everything towards uh, towards beautiful people, so to speak. And I just want to clarify that I'm speaking from a heterosexual perspective, but I think also from, from experience and from uh, what some guy friends uh, have told me, that they, uh, it's very difficult as a guy to get... Uh, <laughs> To get likes, but it's much easier for girls, and they can be more uh, more picky. But for guys, it is really difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing, because because there are like guys can. Okay, for me, I'm I'm gonna say this now, but I I can swipe. I don't have Tinder anymore, but when I used it, I could swipe for for days. I could just swipe right, <laughs> and nothing nothing would happen so okay. i think for girls they can they can be more um uh, more considerate about it and they can actually like look at what they're swiping because uh but for guys it's just yeah it's just difficult and also i think i mean i'm not i'm not a girl so i don't know what it is like uh if you get uh probably a lot of matches you do get is uh maybe bad as well they don't write anything interesting to you or whatever but uh but yeah i, I just feel that it's very is more difficult for for men and depending on what, what kind of man you are as well. yeah yeah what kind of person yeah. yeah but um i'm curious about what do you think about how it affects um relationships like type of relationships in general like for example like before we need to put some effort you know to i don't know to uh, go out with a person um to date this person but now with tinder everything is so so easy and so you know for example okay no string attached let's just yeah, yeah, for sure. I actually I read a book about this uh, where they talk about these things, and um, what they mention is that with Tinder you get so many options, as you say, and and if if you go on a date and it doesn't go well, then you kind of know in the back of your head, oh, but then I can just go on another one. Uh, so they kind of compare it to how it was um, back um, a few years ago or like many years ago uh, yeah. when internet wasn't a thing, then you could only meet people in uh, in your close vicinity, in your in your own city. And there then the choice is more limited. So so yeah, then you had to, kind of really make an effort but now now with so many options we kind of get spoiled maybe spoiled it's uh it's yeah i don't know um but yeah because you you feel that okay i can go on all these dates so if someone is not interesting then i can I just see, see. Yeah, yeah then i can just go to the next one so then it also makes it so that you kind of build up this thing of like yeah. I have to meet this perfect person to yeah, to to yeah, make it yeah, work, yeah. and then makes it really difficult because no one will live up to these uh, impossible yeah. standards that you kind of build up for yourself. 
with all these options. Yeah, but I think it also can make people very lazy, right? I mean, okay, like um, I got this match. We could just do whatever we want, and enough that that I'll find somebody else, and you know, like this kind of. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's actually that's also something because uh, they interviewed people in this book, and there was one guy there who uh, he had this like standard thing. He would always take uh, take the girl to the same place, and he would ask the same question, and it, oh, it kind no. of it, yeah, it, and it had become this problem for him because he was oh. feeling that it was didn't give him anything anymore. Because yeah, it, it becomes it just, meaningless. Yeah, then. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I think that's what you can lose from it. Uh, but again, I think, I think if you're lucky that you, uh, you can find real things on, yeah. on it as well. And I'd like to think that it works. Uh, but in general, I think it can be, it can be difficult. Yes, I agree. love your life like do you think there is um that this life is meaningful to you and and do you think it's worth it to get up every morning i do uh again maybe it's because i'm such an optimist but uh i really do i i don't know if i can say that i love myself but i do love the fact that i'm alive uh, i really do that I really love the fact that I can uh, do all these things, that I can report this, record this podcast, that I uh, can meet people like you, that I get to travel and that I get to have good friends, good family and all these things in life. There's just so much that I feel gratitude towards. So if I were to die tomorrow, uh, I wouldn't regret anything. I would have lived a good life, but that would be really bad because I still want to continue living this life and mm. I want to continue making mistakes that I do. I want to continue working on myself to try and become an even better version of myself. Okay. I really like this kind of um, you know conversations where we can go deep and also sometimes be vulnerable you know and be honest and authentic yeah and um actually i have a question but maybe it could be too personal so i mean if you don't want to answer then then it's okay mm -hmm. so you say that um you cannot say that you love yourself so what is it that you cannot accept about yourself oh uh, there mm, yeah Okay, so one thing, for example, is it's really difficult to do this, of course. So maybe it's uh, it's wrong for me to not like myself because I don't do this. But um, I really, sometimes I feel like I can't trust myself. And that's something I really don't like about myself. Because, for example, I thought I had become this person who makes uh, these uh, kind of decisions. I thought I knew myself that, okay, if this happens, then I will react this way because this is the person I am right now. I thought I knew myself, but then lately I've found myself in some situations where I still react like I did when I was younger or I still do things in a way that didn't line up with the person I thought mm, I am mm, I understand. right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. I guess it, put, uh, it puts uh, so much pressure for us when we have this kind of idealization of self, you know, oh, I want to be this person. And then um, our real self is a little bit far away from this expectation or idealization. And yeah, I understand this position <laughs> yeah. because it happened to me as well yeah and i before. mean i guess maybe something that i'm trying to come to terms with is that maybe we'll never really know ourselves either or maybe we will and i should have that as a goal but then again i think that 
maybe that's the problem as well that I'm trying to to know myself too well or like that I I do think in a way that it's good that you always have a point uh, where you can always keep on growing but I also think that it would be nice to have a point where it's like now I know who I am now I'm strong in myself now I can look in the mirror and I can say I love you oh yeah yeah i agree like maybe um for sure we can have goals for ourselves like what kind of person we want to be but i think the problem here is sometimes our attachment to be this person if and if we feel we would just crucify or criticize ourselves so yeah. much and um or maybe one day we can always say to ourselves and look to ourselves in the mirror and say hey you did a good job today. You tried hard and although you failed, it's okay. There is still always the next day. I'll be there for you. Don't worry. Stuff like that. You're cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because it, it is sometimes I don't really talk to myself badly too much, but I think there is definitely instances where we say things to ourselves that we would never say to another person. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think um the meanest person in the world to us is ourselves sometimes can be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because for example, the way I see it now is that also that we try and compare ourselves uh, to others and that's when we say oh i'm not uh, good because i don't react uh, or behave in the way as other people or as yeah. other people uh, expect me to to be but what i've kind of lately or what i'm trying to do now is that i try and not compare myself to others but i compare myself to to myself and how i used to be and then it's always a bit more positive and then I can feel optimistic and say, okay, yeah, well, okay, maybe you're not as good as uh, this person, but at least you're better than you were before. So uh, mm. that's a way to... Yeah. So it's um, one of your strategies, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. For me, well, I think it's a very great strategy. For me, um, now I am trying not to compare myself with other people, but I'm also trying not to compare myself now with my self in the past. Mm -hmm. Because um, I think through my journeys that something that is very important to learn is also self-compassion, you know. Like I can see myself in the past again and imagining how hard it was to be me at that time and still loving that person anyway and still having this compassion that it's okay to make those mistakes because those mistakes make me who I am today and yeah <laughs> yeah and actually let's say that we are different people in different times of life maybe yeah. I don't know but but then is is that the way you see then when you say you don't compare yourself to the other past you don't compare yourself because that was a different you or why don't you do that mm, no because um you know in the last years i learned a lot how to love myself in a way that is you know through compassion and um you know comparing myself and being so judgmental about how i was in the past would also not make me feel good about myself so I think it would be very helpful when we can see ourselves in the past and instead trying to understand why we behave that way. We behave that way for some reasons, right? We didn't know any other way before. So that's why we behave that way. So just trying to forgive and to be compassionate and understanding. And by that, somehow I feel peaceful within myself and I don't feel like I have to be this or I have to be that even today. So I think it's just it's just um, like a personal um, tool, so to say, to make peace with myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, so this was really interesting. I think we touched on a lot of interesting topics and I would love to chat to you more about these things in outside this podcast and maybe <laughs> you could come on another time as well. That would be great. I had a lot of fun and I got a lot of insights from this. So thank me you too. very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you to Ace for inviting me and it's been a very, very interesting podcast and and yeah, I got also many new knowledge and insights about things. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And um, bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.